The DL Debate with Sister Sarah's Letterkenny, serving food you'll love till 9pm daily in Sarah's Kitchen. And there's free admission entertainment every weekend. Welcome, welcome one and all to the DL Debate. Thanks so much for tuning in now live on Highland Radio or back via the podcast. I want to thank Oshin Kelly for sitting in with me uh, last week. I was away in sunny France uh, getting a nice tan. All right, Kevin Fury's here tonight. The man has been doing everything uh, today. He's been producing and recording and doing the power hour as ever. Well done, uh, Kevin. Keep me right here. Michaela, thank you for the news there. Yeah, sunny France. How's your French, Kevin? Not good. So-so. <laughs> You're mad at many talents. If you started speaking French now, I wouldn't be surprised. I say thanks for producing the show this evening. Um, I came back. I got back for what was billed as a, a huge weekend of, of Gaelic football, of course, in our quarterfinals. Didn't really hit the heights, if we're being honest. No fault, I suppose, to, to Dublin and Kerry. They're actually brilliant performances, eh? but on Derry and Monaghan, both coming through as well. Later in the show, we're going to hear... From former Dublin legend, now top RTE pundit, Kieran Whelan, and also former Derry sharpshooter, and of course, uh, a great pundit and a great coach as well, Conley Gilligan. They're going to wrap up the weekend's games. But first, there is a team still flying the flag for Donegal. It's the Donegal ladies. Uh, they had an unbelievable one against the Rainbow Ireland champions at the weekend uh, meet, setting up a quarterfinal, home quarterfinal uh, with Dublin. So exciting times for Donegal. We're going to hear from Maureen O'Donnell shortly. She's going to give us uh, her take on where Donegal are at and their chances of beating Dublin and progressing to a semi-final. Something that didn't seem likely at the end of the league, but Maxie Kernan is, and his uh, group there, his backroom team and, and his uh, a squad have, have somehow pulled all that together and are back right up at the pinnacle of football again. Well done to them. As I say, we'll hear from Mo, but first of all, we'll hear from the man himself, Maxie Kern, after a side victory. Maxie, I say relieved at the final whistle there. Good, good win. Yeah, mightily relieved. Um, a good win, surely. You know, it was, uh, it was touch and go there. Me had all the momentum in the second half, and you know, I think they were, they were, they were in the in the real good position. But look. It turned out to be a bit of a purple patch for them and we managed to steady the ship after that and, and kind of withstand them and we got up the field and, and we got a, a great score at the end to put us two up and we conceded another one but the, thankfully that free by Karen was enough to get us over the line. Both teams uh, through to the quarterfinals but they weren't playing like that but it was, it was as, if, as if the losers were going out. Yeah, well look, I think that's the beauty of ladies football to be honest. You know, I don't think they know anything else only than full steam ahead. There's no there's no wild tactics, there's no, there's no ability to, to, to hold back or, or be in any way um, careful or, 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 or smart like that they just have to go for it and um, look there was a massive prize you know for the team that won tonight to, to stop the group and get a home quarter final um, but let, you're lucky you're right it was, uh, there was also a question if you lost but, but it wasn't about that you know we, um, we've had our issues with Meath in the, in the last couple of years and you know we've come up short um, any day we played them especially on the big occasion so um, to be able to come up here today and, and match them step for step and get over the line it's a, it's, 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 it's a great uh, night for the girls and fair play to them the first half goal coming after eight minutes your first score of the game was all important in the end really because you were struggling a little bit in the first ten minutes uh, or so to get to get your hands on the ball but that, the goal really a huge boost yeah huge boost look goals win games you, you know you often hear that and especially when um, 
with football being so defensive nowadays, goals are massive, massive scores, and defending the way we did, you know, if you're, you know, that's the the big goal is to not concede any goals. Um, and when you defend like that and you keep the opposition to, you know, 10, 11 points, it's, um, you know, the the uh, your, your job's a lot easier when you don't concede goals. So yeah, look, that was a, a big thing for us to get a goal. You know, all credit to Neve. Look, I think she's kicked one three in, and, and totally she was brilliant. She could play at the game, and you know, she's a she's a, a real um, uh, having a bit of a, what they call an Indian somewhere out there. You know, at the minute. So, um, but yeah, look, uh, but all heard the girls, it was a, a massive defensive shift in the end to keep me out because, as you said, they they had all the momentum and um, and look, we rode our luck a bit as well. You gotta you gotta acknowledge that. And um, but look, thankfully, we're, we're we're still standing anyway. Dublin now in the quarter final. You did surprise them before. Yeah, yeah. Look, uh, we have a we have a brilliant uh, rivalry with Dublin. Um, you know, I think we've probably beaten them as much as anybody over the last couple of years. And you can be rest assured, Mick is sitting back, licking his lips, and thought of coming to Donegal. You know, he'll feel that he owes us one, and uh, they give us a bit of a trimming in this year's national league. So, um, but look, we haven't even thought about that. We're just so delighted to get to get out of here tonight. And you know, it's been a it's been a real roller coaster of a year and a bit of a fairy tale for these girls. You know, they're from extreme low. To, to, to great highs won the Ulster Championship and you know and then to win the two group games now um, has have also has also been brilliant for us and um, as I say look we've such a young group and so much inexperience there and young girls 16, 17 years of age and other girls in their first year in the squad and playing and you know and, and, and really going toe to toe with um, some of the um, the biggest household names in the country the likes of the Vicky Walls and the Emma Dugans and to be able to do that is, is a huge testament to them you know it's not easy to step in at this because uh, this is the deep end this is as high as it gets for those girls in their sport and to be able to do that in um, their first year is, uh, is, is, is brilliant and is a testament to them and their families and their clubs and look we were, we're still standing and we look forward to Dublin coming out in two weeks time Yes they're still standing well done Maxi uh, I'm delighted to say I'm joined by former Donegal sharp shooter and well a woman that's played maybe everywhere in, in the park uh, and could play anywhere Maureen O'Donnell Maureen how are you? Good, Brendan. How are you getting on? Maureen, Maxi just, I'm the best. Uh, Maureen, Maxi just said there's been a roller coaster of a season. Myself and yourself went up and covered the game in our man, Lefford. Uh, I'm just, I just can't see. Now, obviously, yes, some of the cavalry come back, but you would have thought at that stage there's going to be a d- difficult championship for Donegal. They've steadied the ship uh, a, a mo, and that was a fantastic victory, you know, away from home against the Renal Ireland champions. Yeah, you know, and, and Donegal have really come from strength to strength. You know, you talked about that game up in Lefford against Armagh, and you know, people looking on, and maybe people looking on from the National League would have would have the perspective that you know where have these victories coming from? But they've been steadily building, you know, and as you say, with the the regrouping of some of the more experienced players back into the panel, even though it was later on, Brendan, it has really added strength and depth to the Donegal side, and and it has given you know a boost to the younger players, as Maxie mentioned. Like it, it takes a while for any team, you know, in transition to sort of settle themselves and steady the ship. And this is sort of what's been going on. And perhaps, you know, the the the, the Division One League platform was just a platform for playing those players, finding out what kind of the best positional um, strategies to have with these players, where to play them. Like for example. Abigail uh, Temple Asoko has come on. She's 17 years old. I don't like to highlight any players, but she was playing out in the wing at wing half back and really not really having her position at that stage. She's moved now, shifted into full back, where I find her she's very settled and she's able to attack going forward. And you know, I think that Maxi, you know, did his best to use the the Division One plat the, the the league as a platform for finding out where the best 
positions for these players and maybe the team going forward and then players coming back in Ted like uh, you know you had Tanya Kennedy come back in for a while there you've Geraldine back there now at the minute Katie Heron came back uh, you've a super super um, new addition to the team in Claire Freel and goals and those have done nothing but so from the perspective of looking at the league and we don't like to look at the league but you do sort of pick up their form and look at their form in the league and you would think from the league campaign that they wouldn't have a chance but really they've been putting on some stellar and superb performances since the league and obviously with the victory and Ulster title the first one in three years and then that huge performance last week against Meath when they really needed to prove themselves they did it uh, Brendan and you see that's the calibre of Donegal they can produce these victories when they want to yeah, and and would it be Donegal or, or what would you think, Mo, that this is the season where it could be the breakthrough when it looked like that time had gone for that team because of, you know, some of the players you mentioned coming back there, they, they're not just some of the best players in Donegal, some of the best in, in Ireland in terms of footballers. You know, this season, I suppose, could have scarred those uh, younger girls in terms of the, uh, you know, being thrown in, thrust to the championship, you know, very settled, powerful teams. They were hammered in a few games, Mo, but it doesn't seem like it has affected them. And now Donegal are on this upward curve, you know, brilliant performance against Armand, now against Meath. Is it a, is it a matter now that that was a dangerous game in terms of Max, had no other choice, but now it's all coming together? Yeah, like, you know, again, we talk about the league performance and, like, you know, watching them earlier on the year, like, you would have to say, you know, sort of almost, uh, you know, accept defeatism in a way because it looked really bad. But, like, you know yourself and I know, like, football is swings and roundabouts and there's ups and downs and a team at the top, like, you see the likes of Meath, now All-Ireland champions for two years in a row, Division 1 titles under their belt, going really, really well, are having a particularly tough year themselves, you know, they've, they've lost their management system, they're regrouping, like, and, and every team at the top is a team that teams want to beat and every day they go out, they're a team that are under pressure to win and to perform to the highest of their abilities. Whereas Donegal went out in the league campaign and had probably one of the worst league campaigns that it had in a number of years and you know you've looked at them in league te- the years before like the year before in 2022 they beat Dublin uh, in the league semi-final went on and lost to meet that year went to an All-Ireland semi-final so they were really really strong and then they had what I could say is a terrible league campaign as you say suffered some heavy defeats um, throughout the year and those girls you know, it really has stood to them. You know, they've taken it on the chin, they've worked through it. And I think, you know, and you say this in every walk in life, when you're at rock bottom, the only way is up. And the only way has been up for Maxie and the girls. And they've really proven that they can step up to the mark and these younger girls can step up to the mark. And, you know, we talk about experience all the time as well. And experience is a great thing, but when you're in there as a young player, you have no fear, you have no pressure, you're not overthinking the game, you're not thinking as much. You're looking to the players around you and you see them playing well and you want to play well, you want you want the people supporting you to be proud of you. So as a younger player, you've got that as an advantage to you over, over and above going out, going out in any day as well. So, and you know, like, sure enough, we've had two great victories um, over the last number of, you know, months and they really will stand that that game against Meath next next week. But I think Donegal are very steady. What what has happened as a result of those two victories? It has instilled a certain amount of a huge amount of confidence, I should say, Brendan and the team. And, and they're very calm and collected. And they're going on the quarter final against Dublin. It's, it's their fourth consecutive quarter final appearance against 
the dubs, you know. Mm. Uh, in 2020 and 2021, they lost. Uh, both games down in Carrick and Shannon and 2021 there Emer was injured with you know a cruciate that year mm-hmm. and last year they had that you know phenomenal one over the dubs uh, in the quarter final that came after beating them earlier on that year in the league semi-final so you know they've proven that they can beat the dubs and this is a team that don't look afraid of anybody these Donegal girls at the minute with a mix and a real balance of experience and youth Brendan so you know I don't know if it's a bad thing I think it's a good thing these victories and, and, and beating me last weekend you know that's been coming for a while now and, and they've now proven that they can beat the All-Ireland champions as well Brendan Yeah certainly it's set up well Mo listen just one last question for you Mo obviously Susan White you know, had her five frees at the weekend vital you know she knew how good a brilliant the game won three the form she's in is, is unbelievable what about your own club mate uh, Geraldine have you heard uh, will she make it back for this uh, dub, uh, Dublin match yeah, listen, we're all hoping that. I suppose everybody was eyes on the pitch to see if Geraldine would make an appearance this year at all. And we all know the calibre uh, and the consistency uh, of Geraldine McLaughlin. She's just an asset to have on the field at any time, even when she is sort of not in her best form. But listen, we do hope to see her coming back. I'm probably assuming that Maxie had her well-rested the weekend. And, and, and I had a lot of confidence in the girls he used. Um, I will say that, you know, Maxie has really put in a, a, a big shift uh, over the last number of years with the girls. And, and I'm glad to see it sort of paying off. Like last year, everybody would have said that the championship this year was wide open. And as opposed to the beginning of the year when girls weren't coming back into it, uh, people sort of felt a bit deflated because this could be a year where anything could really happen. Like me, they're sort of... You know, on that wobble, uh, Carrier coming through, still a wee bit inexperienced. Uh, you know, you have Dublin, who Donegal proved to beat last year, so I thought that this would be a big year. So the more experience we can get on the field, and hopefully Geraldine will get out onto the field, it's great that they had a victory last week without her. Uh, it just goes to show the calibre of um, the depth that's on the panel now at the minute as well, uh, Brendan. So it's yeah. great to see, you know, and... Uh, you know, listen, everybody wants to see Geraldine getting out there and, you know, the thing about Geraldine, she's very dangerous for goals and, and goals, one's matches, Brendan. So, you know, listen, we'll live in hope. We live in hope. She'll be over doing well there. Mo, you'll give her a wee blessing there and she'll get back at it. <laughs> I don't need to give her any lessons. <laughs> That's all right. Uh, Mo, Mo, listen, thanks very much. We look, we, we can't wait for this match now. Fair play day. For, for the girls for, for pulling this season together it's phenenomenal Maxie wins yeah. All-Ireland and then he gets the senior men's job you heard it here first Mo I'll leave you with that thought yeah. uh, <laughs> right Mo yeah well uh, exactly listen it would be nice to see it too Brent because like it's 20 years uh, I don't like to say it since we won the junior so yeah. It'll be nice to see a senior coming under Maxie as well. Yeah, 100%. Well, fair play to you, as ever. Thanks for giving us those words this evening. We'll talk to you now after this Dublin game, no doubt. Okay. Brilliant there. Maureen O'Donnell, as ever, good to catch up with her. As I said at the top of the show, I spoke with Conley Gilligan and Kieran Whelan just wrapping up the game's football. Kieran Whelan's up here first. Yes, now I'm joined by former Dublin legend, the midfield powerhouse, Kieran Whelan, of course, top pundit now. That's why he's on the deal debate. We have only the best. And Kieran Whelan is certainly one of them. How are you today, Willow? Ah, not too bad, Brent. Not too bad. Not the too dub, bad. The dubs are back. I've been listening to you all summer on a Woolly show there, but you have to be on your best behaviour on this one, do you? Right. 
<laughs> Something like that, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's plenty of slagging. There's plenty of slagging goes on in that show, let me tell you. It's no holes barred. Absolutely. The funny thing is, we're even allowed to F and blind a wee bit, but the reality is, you, yeah, don't, yeah. Don't, you, we, you don't really need to do that until, unless it's a boo story or something that uh, crops up, which uh, I think that's why I'm on the station, actually, uh, is to tell an odd yarn like that. Like Aaron oh, you, you wouldn't have any stories anyway. Aaron, Aaron, Aaron Kiernan's on for the fucking, uh, Aaron Kiernan's on for the uh, real stuff. <laughs> I'm on for the crack. <laughs> <laughs> Aaron, Aaron is Mr. GA. Uh, we look, I think we have a wee bit of both in us, you know. We like our football, but there, yeah, there's, yeah. There's, there's, a wee, there's a wee bit of banter in there. Kieran, what, what a weekend, you know. I'm just scratching my head all, all year at, at teams and games and who's going to win and where teams and form is at. And listen, you're making a case for a team basically in every game. Because anybody can seem to beat anybody, but at the weekend, then something very different happened. And and tell me, leading into a semi final two again, is it wrong to judge teams on this? But surely now, uh, Kerry and, and and Dublin have just said, right, this is where it's at. Yeah, it looks that way, Brian. And it's been one of those years, hasn't it, where it's very topsy turvy, as you say, and so many games, and obviously teams having dips in forms and rising forms, uh, and and I think it's confused us all along the way. Um, and 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 we came probably came into this weekend not really knowing where Dublin and Kerry were at. Um, you know, like. You don't, I don't, you don't like to say it in an arrogant way, but it's kind of like when you look at Dublin. I've been looking at Dublin, and they've been, you know, distinctly average at times throughout the year. But I don't know whether that was maybe just boredom or lack of motivation, and 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 I mean that kind of in a respectful way that they just seem to be tipping along, and 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 maybe similar with Kerry. You know, I was down in Kerry when they played Mayo, and they looked there was a terrible performance, Mayo press right up them made them look distinctly average they it was like the defensive system they had last year was 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 gone Ty Morley was put was dragged out the field they were exposed in the back line and I, and I really need you asking questions I suppose about the season in whole in, in whole and and I think one of the one of the key things about this weekend and I know Manon have, have, have ditched the trend but I still think it was extremely difficult for Mayo uh, for Cork and for Tyrone to come in on the back of three weeks in a row and you just wonder did we get the best version of those teams this weekend mm-hmm. um, and, and that's that's a question I think you'd be, it would be asking ourselves at the end of the year but from the Dublin and Kerry perspective they were at the pitch of it they have timed looks like they've timed their runs they both look extremely strong um, and and but you know particularly I suppose was definitely Dublin in that second half yesterday it was it was a very odd game Brennan in that at half time you know Dublin are a point up and you know they're going into the dressing room thinking their their full back line is being torn to shreds by Ryan O'Donoghue and Aidan O'Shea and Tommy Conroy they were in trouble on Reeves kickouts. Their matchups at the back were going great. Callanan was keeping Mannion quiet. McBride was keeping O'Callaghan quiet. And, you know, Mayo, I think Kevin said it after the match, he said, you know, we just wanted to keep doing what we were doing, where Dublin are going into that dressing room saying, lads, get the finger out here. You're, we're not at the pitch of it. And they came out and just blew them away when they were able to up the gears and they were able to find that fourth or fifth gear. And, as I said yesterday, it was like as if it just some 35 minutes just to tune up and then they hit the right level. So, yeah, it, it's been a crazy few weeks, Brendan, but Dublin and Kerry look like they've stepped ahead of everybody and, and, and a few people did say that a few weeks ago that it would still come back down to these two big ones. Yeah, it, it, I suppose, Kieran, because the season changed this year, you're trying to figure out what's the best way to approach the season. I mean, you want to stay in the league, 
are you worried about your provincials? And then you've got these groups leading into these quarterfinals. So it's an immense juggling act. Uh, it's still very yeah. hard to, to, to realise. You mentioned that Mayo victory over Kerry. The level of performance in that from Kerry at home, like it's, it's a real head-scratcher around. Is that a very dangerous thing to drop that low, not taking anything away from Mayo? But you just look at it in a crew park and the setup of the teams now, and you mentioned there the scoring blitz. Really, Derry did it to, to Cork uh, a bit as well, and of course, definitely Derry or sorry, uh, Dublin and Kerry. You know that second half, you know, absolutely annihilated them. Then they play the game on their terms, and you really look at Mayo then, Kieran, in the first half when they played them a couple of balls into O'Donoghue and into O'Shea. They were kick passes. There was room. Once once Dublin done the lead and set, you looked at. Uh, Mayo, they have no ability to open up uh, a blanket defence really, you've seen even Roscommon doing a job on them uh, earlier in, in Connacht as well so you know, you're looking at Mayo then and you see then the imbalance in terms of what the other teams, the other teams can mix it and can handle that type of, uh, of a defence Mayo just can't and then you feel the energy dropping out of them and it's a good point about the fatigue as well, maybe then when they needed a bit of injection of, of energy it wasn't there yeah, and, and I think it, it, it's a very valid point, Ben. They've really struggled all year to to break down any defensive structure, you know, and, and they will, you know, I was talking to a couple of people leaving Crow Park yesterday and, and they kept going back to the court game um, and being in a position to win that game and winning that game gives them the extra week. They avoid Dublin in the quarterfinal and, and probably they avoid the Galway match to a certain degree and it gets them maybe in a, in, in a better shape and, and they struggled against Lau, they struggled against Cork and the reason they, the reason they thrived against the, uh, um, Kerry was Kerry's press was press right up in them and Mayo took risks and got in behind them and they had the space and I think one of the aspects where they were very very good in the league was that the Stephen Rochford Cara Finn type approach they loved to play that 30 yard pop pass and get a runner on the on, on the on, on the back of it or, or a hand pass even into Aidan O'Shea in a central area and open up defences and that's what they were doing in the league that when they're not able to implement that they look like they were struggling for ideas and and I think like Dublin gave them a chance I I actually thought Dublin would kind of would be aware of that and would sit in earlier in the first half you know and I know Brian Howard was trying to get back there but they did leave themselves Dublin gave them the space and gave them that opportunity but then once Dublin got the second goal and Manu's, Mannion's bit of craft just to keep that ball in and maybe a bit of experience on Callan's side but once Dublin got 6-7 ahead um, it, Dublin were able to sit in then and and not only sit in you could actually see that Dublin you could see a psychological switch in the game Dublin start lapping it up because there is there is a, a, an under an underlying rivalry and a borderline and you know that these guys don't like each other and when Dublin yeah. got it on top they really kept the foot on and you could see their their intensity levels increased and they were able to sit one back and I think when that second goal went in Ben and Mayo were psychologically damaged and then physically damaged and I was surprised at the Aidan O'Shea substitution, being honest, because, you know, you're thinking at that stage, we need goals, they need something. And he hadn't been playing that bad in fairness yeah. in the first half. He'd caught a couple, a couple of balls, he'd looked dangerous at times. And you're thinking, if you're bringing on Killian O'Connor and you're hoping that he's going to poach a goal for you, you're hoping that he might get one off Aidan O'Shea or get something in around that. So they they, they, they really lacked, even, even when they were chasing the game in that second half even though Dublin were relentless all over the pitch and took over midfield and 
put pressure on their kick out. They had no structure up front. And I think that's that's going to be the big learning part for Mayo going forward in terms of this year, you know, when when teams play front fo- fo- football with them. And, and I suppose, to be honest, maybe teams back in the league and the early stages do try stuff and they do try push up and they try different styles of play. And that maybe, that was to Mayo's benefit maybe earlier on in the year. But when it came to the real crunch time when, 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 when teams got bodies back, they really, really struggled to break them down. And that's probably their big, big learning. And listen, it's not just that. It's the, it's the psychological damage again. You know, it must yeah. be tough. Yeah, like, you know, yeah, you know, being there myself. You yeah, know, I know. <laughs> me too. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what? Well, See the thing about learning with Mayo, though. Do you not think there's there's only one? They have to bite the bullet and go rigid. It's not the type of play anybody who wants to see. Mayo fans certainly don't want it. But if they want to win a crunch game. They got to go. I mean, you look at Kerry and maybe Paddy Talley getting involved in there and how they were not yeah. going to be done by Tyrone. We're going to sit, we're going to turn over you, we're going to tackle aggressively. Until Mayo get that, again, listen, they were so close against the, the greatest team that ever, ever played the game, really, and Dublin yeah. playing their own way. But I just think now, because teams seem to be getting better and better tactically, until they're willing to go to that level of tactics, they're always going to come up short. Is that not what you would feel? Yeah, absolutely, and I and I think if you look at if you look at Dublin, you look at Kerry, probably who are the two strong favourites now to push forward, and not being disrespectful to Derry or Monaghan, but they're they're going to be overwhelming favourites, which is a little bit dangerous in some regards. But if you look how they play, you know, and and Kerry were relentless against Tyrone in terms of just going going man to man, going man to man, and and you know having Tyg Morley there to 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 shut down the defence, but 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 taking out the key threats, making sure that they're they're dealing with the Derek Canavan or the Rory Canavan, the McCurries, taking out the three or four or five key threats on the opposition team and making sure you're man-to-man with one extra protection. And Dublin are not unlike that. And you, do, I think you have to balance that now against maybe the zonal defence um, and you look at Armagh and the zonal defence and the, the energy maybe that's you know, taken up or the lack of structure it brings them when, when they get into their attacking game. And and even Derry from a certain perspective, you know, if you if you think maybe if Cork had a better forwards yesterday, they might have caused them problems. And, you know, Derry's running game, you know, the fact they don't kick the ball and it's it's that movement up and down the field and it's that zone of defence. It does raise that question mark, you know, are the better teams that are going to win all Ireland's the teams that can actually man up take out key threats yeah. stick man to man and get that bit of extra protection do you know what I mean yeah. so I think there's I wonder I, quest, I throw that out there is, is the game beginning to evolve maybe away from the zonal uh, defence because is that good enough to win in All-Ireland yeah I think and Kieran it's, it's interesting just to think back to when Tyrone won it a couple of years ago they basically did that too they went man for man allowing the kick pass yeah. allowing their game to open up from the yeah. from that zonal that they're playing that, that, that's a great point Kieran just, just finally if it is let's just say it is <laughs> a Kerry a Kerry Dublin final I'm just going back to the semi-final we're doing it la- la- and listen uh, I, I won't be I won't be hanging you on this but I was just thinking about if you listen I'll not put you in the spot about that right that's not unfair but I'm just saying last year from from the the, the, the Dublin team come up short against Kerry you know Con was injured obviously McCaffrey Cluxton Mannion uh, lads are all back uh, surely this puts Dublin in an unbelievable position in terms of say being the second best team possibly last year yeah. 
to, to be hope, in the best. Yeah, I hope that it does. Now, if if it is a Dublin Kerry final, I'm bleeding, dreading it from a ticket perspective, Brian, I'm being honest with you. That's, that's, that's already haunting me if that yeah. happens. But, <laughs> um, yeah, like, Dublin, I, I, I mentioned it yesterday, you know, that Dublin going into this game were potentially stronger than they were two years ago against Mayo in terms of the players they have back. Um, and... You know, similarly last year, you know, we remember going into that Kerry game and, and when Colin Callum was ruined out, we kind of said, ah, no hope, no hope. And they still, I suppose, pushed Kerry all the way. Yeah. Uh, and if there had been maybe one or two more minutes after Sean O'Shea's kick, you know, you probably would have fancied Dublin might have egged it, got yeah. an equaliser. So the yeah. kick came at the right time. But yeah, when you look at yesterday and I, my biggest question marks was coming ye- yesterday was, was was Dublin's their legs, their intensity road tested? Was there another push in them? The band was back together, but certainly we got those answers yesterday. And like when you look at the substitutions, and I think that was another demoralising thing for Mayo. Like if Jack McCaffrey coming in, like yeah, yeah, twenty five uh, minutes to play, yeah, if Kieran yeah. Kilkenny oh, coming yeah. in, you know, yeah. big game players. Uh, so that made that depth that Dublin when we looked at the Dublin bench last year um, you know you were kind of going who's going to come in uh, to really to really help them get over the line and, and lacked a bit of depth that depth is definitely back if you if you have one question mark over them though is possibly that full back line that there isn't a whole lot of depth in that full back line um, and while Dublin took over in the middle of park yesterday, which allowed the lads to, you know, to control the game in the second half. That that still would be a, a small area of concern in terms of the threat that Kerry or or Monins or Derry, whoever whoever, whoever gets through, will bring. Uh, that you know, when you were looking at, at half time yesterday, and and like if Davy Bourne has been carrying injuries and knocks, and you, you just wonder, has he been, is he where he wants to be? Mick Fitz is a warrior, and he's been knocking around. You know, I mean, doing very well. But Darren Newcomb played uh, right throughout the year. He's probably the only backup we have. That and Sean McMahon possibly with the full back line. So that would be the only little little uh, area of concern you'd have Brian going forward. But yeah, they're they're they're. They're very well positioned now, and 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 we got a lot of answers yesterday to kind of questions that was were lingering over them. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant, Kieran. Well, listen, if you make it to the final, leave Big Wheeler alone. There's enough things on. Leave me alone. <laughs> get, get your tickets uh, somewhere else. That's the message now. Wheeler, listen. Awesome. Fair, fair play, Wheeler, as ever, lad. No, uh, I catch up no with you. Appreciate it, my Look man. Take care. Take, Take care. care. Yeah, Kim Moon, thanks very much for that. Uh, wrapping up, uh, particularly Dublin and Kerry there. After the break, we're going to hear from Conley Gilgan and his views, particularly on Derry Cork, Monin, Armagh, going into this semi final. The DL Debate with Sister Sarah's Letterkenny, serving food you'll love till 9 pm daily in Sarah's Kitchen. And there's free admission entertainment every weekend. Yes, now I'm joined by former Derry sharpshooter, of course, a top coach, manager, the whole lot and of, of course on top of all that, a man of many talents, a great analyst, that's why he's here this evening, Conleith Gilligan, great to talk to you on the DL debate And you Dave, how's things? Oh that, taking over, taking over, a wee, a wee break to France there, so I'm just catching up on all that, so it'll be great to get your views on where you see the championship at and particularly our, our neighbours here and how they've fared and of course your own men uh, flying, flying the flag and a game away from uh, an unbelievable uh, uh, experience it would be the, another All-Ireland final Yeah look um, I suppose it's it's probably been more unusual in recent times that Tyrone come away from Crook Park well beaten and Derry win um, but there wouldn't have been too many Derry supporters that's sad but like in terms of what Derry were at 
they weren't at their best. They didn't need to be. Thankfully, they weren't playing one of the top tier teams. So I think they got away with it and probably going into a semi final. Do you know what? Just as you're saying that, you know, it's the dust settling on all the weekend's action. The statement that, that, that obviously that Dublin and, and Kerry put out, in many ways, Derry, you know, played fairly well against Cork. Quite similar actually to the other teams in terms of the second half, the way they kind of upped the game and then played it in their terms. But they really didn't uh, show us maybe the best. So in many ways they're coming in here a small bit underrated as they ha- kind of have been throughout the championship. No one has really been talking that much about Derry. Of course, also championship, also championship again. But in terms of actually winning Sam, there's not a lot of teams, certainly not a lot of team people were talking about Monaghan, but not talking about yourselves. And, and here you are a game away from the final. Yeah, no, and, and that is strange because, you know, you're back-to-back Ulster champions. Everything that Derry needed to do over the last sort of 36 months, they have done, and they've done convincingly. And when you look at the last number of games against the likes of Tyrone, you know, they were very con- convincing winners. Um, I suppose, look, the question marks around Derry did maybe fairly or unfairly surround the Galway game last year and this year's National League final with Dublin where it didn't go so well and I suppose the criticism was is Derry's game plan good enough for Croke Park against the better teams and and I think Derry have evolved this year I think they're better uh, I think they have a better spread of scorers um, they haven't been as reliant on Shane McGuigan and like yesterday was the you know in, in other years if Shane McGuigan has a poor day by his own standards Derry don't win yesterday they did because some of the other players stepped up and while a lot of them you know like really it was it was Gareth McKinless it was Connor Glass you know Connor Doherty you know maybe in the second half Brenton Rogers. short of that like nobody else really had massive games and yet Derry never looked any way like losing the game and I know that that uncomfortable period losing a goal but straight away up the field the response was immediate and the composure for Conor Doherty in the goal, uh, not unlike O'Connor's goal versus Tyrone, and that's what probably set Derry apart this year, and that they didn't panic. Yeah, and, and that, you're right. Even at that point, I thought Cork were starting to cling on the movie, but the game probably needed a goal. The, the answer was swift and very well taken. You mentioned, I suppose, we're looking at the change, Connie. You're looking, can they be better than than the defeat to, to Galway last year when they get to that point? And you, you suppose you're looking at the likes of McAvoy and um, uh, Lothan Murray coming on. Of course, McFall is back. Do you think that that dynamic, as well as, do you see a bit of a t- different tactical dynamic? Of course, you have the whole situation of Kieran Mina in there now and uh, and Rory Gallagher's departure. Is, is there is there a thing in there where you think that it'll be a different dairy in terms of being able to punch more holes when they get into that phase? Because if you look at uh, Kerry, Connie, they're very streetwise now, coached and, and the way they're set up. And you've seen it be Dublin once they went full. Uh, court uh, defence you know they're as good a setup as any team and then of course they've got the ability to break so you're just wondering can Derry obviously it's going forward uh, you would have been thinking that they have to improve but you think as you say with McGuigan having a quiet game there's loads of more options and loads of scores around the pitch but they're certainly looking I suppose to keep the game very tight and, and in low scoring kind of way but that be, be, be how you're feeling this game will go in the semi Yeah look I think coming into Kerry Kerry got up for Tyrone in a way that they'll struggle to get up for Derry. That real, you can call it passion, you call it hatred, whatever you want. You know, the fact that Tyrone had their number a couple of years ago, that would have hurt Kerry, that would have hurt those players and they were really up for Tyrone and it was the first game they've really got up for all year. You know, they could come into this game a wee bit flat. Um, Derry have got all the ammunition they need. You know, Kieran Mina has got all the ammunition he needs to really nail the players for the next two weeks because they didn't do themselves justice. But yet, they're in a semi-final, you know, under the radar, as you say. And 
didn't have to be any better than they need to be yesterday. And I think there is scope for movement. Yeah, I suppose, look, one of the things would be you know now exactly what Derry team's going to be in the semi-final bar they pick up an injury or two. Um, and again, that leaves them probably a bit more easy to analyse. But they're going to need bigger games out of Neil Lachlan, you know, Neil Toner. Um, you know, I thought Paul Cassidy and Ethan Doherty probably were the, the next better forwards yesterday. Um, and McGuigan hasn't had two quiet games back-to-back um, in quite some time, and I don't think it'll happen then. But Kerry's a different animal. You know, David Clifford probably wasn't on his game, and yet that's all anybody's talking about. You know, with a couple of moments of magic, he was hitting the post, he was dropping them short. You know, he'll not do that again. So, you know, yeah. Derry will be up against it, but they really have nothing to lose here. Um, they really can go at this, and it's a shot to nothing. Mm. And you just mentioned, obviously, Clifford there. Is, is there someone in your ranks you think you know that that can actually shut him down, or is it just a case of numbers trying to get around him? Because as you said, a bit like McGuigan, you know he's the talisman. Um, didn't have his best game from from play, but in your thinking that can't happen again. But certainly Derry are good at shutting down players and and trying to keep them out of the game. That's that's one of their high points of them analysing opposition. Not that you need to analyse McClifford; <laughs> he is the stand standout player in, in the country. But certainly the way Derry played, they could make it difficult for for Clifford to settle into the game. Well, like Chrissy McKay is going to pick him up, and with a player like Clifford, it's not about keeping him scoreless because Chrissy's big thing would always be about keeping his man scoreless and he would take real pride in that and while that would be his ultimate ambition you know it doesn't happen to Clifford so f- for me it's a case of deciding right look David Clifford's going to score half a dozen points anyway even playing within himself it's how they can stop everybody else around him you know when it's getting the other matchups right you know you have the likes of you know Owen McAvoy and Paul Ginney, um, you know like in that half forward line Gavin White, I thought, was exceptional against Tyrone. He was the fulcrum of all their attacks, breaking lines, you know, and like Paul Chassidy would be tailor-made for that. Um, and then after that, Derry do have good options to match up and they will get everybody back inside their own 65. The game that Tyrone allowed Kerry to play, Derry won't. There'll be no long ball kicked in. All the ball that Kerry will have to get will be handed off. So, But they'll prepare for that. They'll be working on, you know, a real pack defence for the next two weeks and ultimately it'll be the team with the best skill set that'll come through because Kerry can play it in any which way. But I think the longer Derry live in this game, that'll be their tactic. If they can get into the last quarter in the game, you know, they're in my real good shout because they'll not give the ball away. And uncharacteristically against Cork on Sunday, they did things that they've never done um, in probably 18 months. They give away ball in contact. They carried mm. a bit of ball in. The passes just going astray. They'll be better the next day. And if Derry can take it into the last 15 minutes they have a hell of a chance because Kerry probably won't have prepared for that they'll want to get Derry away early because if they can get the lead Derry have to come out and that's what they'll be banking on and Derry will want to keep the game as tight for as long as they can mm. Well you see from the weekend that's a danger letting any of those sides and the lead uh, kind of, yeah, you're more or less it's, it's almost uh, game over kind of just last last thing about Derry that kind of, I suppose you're, you're in the county the buzz that the, that the senior team has brought now and how we've had the change I, I don't know any other county I've never seen any change as big as the one for Derry to fall so far to be up to where they're at now is there a real uh, buzz around all the clubs and and, and, and all the young ones uh, really enjoying this this run in these seasons and all the all the I suppose excitement Derry's bringing oh there is and, it, and it's right from um, the bottom up because like Derry Miners 
are back in another All Ireland final. Um, Derry under twenties got to the Ulster final and probably what are the team tipped to win that with aspirations to go a wee bit further. You know, so there's a huge momentum within Derry. You know, the school football is very strong. Um, you know, the clubs that win those sort of competitions once they go out into Ulster, Glen are Ulster club champions. There's a real momentum in Derry football. Everybody wants to play for Derry again. And that wasn't the case, you know, seven, eight, nine years ago whenever they were maybe in Division 3 and Division 4. So, look, I think Derry have done a remarkable job uh, in keeping everybody together. Like, there's nobody leaving the panel, really. Um other than players, maybe the old one dropping off the legs of Anton, Tuchel dropped off, lack of game time. Um, you know, Emmett Bradley got Murray there, he dropped off. So, and like realistically, all the players that they want playing for Derry are in that panel. Maybe Emmett Bradley aside, he'd be one player I think as an impact would be there. He's tall, he's rangy, you know, he can kick points from range. He'd be the one player that I think Derry probably could really use in the bench. But that aside, there's a real momentum. Everybody is there wants to play for Derry and look, they're another semi-final with very little fuss. They've done everything they expected. They've came the traditional route. They've won their province. They topped their group, albeit unspectacularly. Mm. They went to Croke Park. They were very professional. They'd done their business. And now they're back in the semi-final. And look, you know, we travelled probably a bit more in hope than expectation. But, you know, it's not beyond the realms of possibility that Derry could slip into a final. Yes, indeed. It will be some crack. Uh, Collins, tell me this. I was up at Healy Park a few weeks back. I was covering the Monaghan Donegal game. And, uh, you know, Donegal, who were just stabilising, listen, missing so much, and all the talk about injuries, retirement, and management, and turmoil. But they'd done a job in Monaghan and probably should have beat them by a lot more, really really played them off the park at times you know it was a remarkable performance from our lads and here are Monaghan you know in an All-Ireland semi-final like it's been a, a crazy season in terms of week on week you know at one stage earlier in the season people were saying we could have a dream Galway Mayo final they were looking like the best two teams in Ireland well <laughs> talk about turnarounds uh, Condiff it's been very hard to get your head around anything in terms of where teams is at but these Monaghan lads they just have something about them that they a wee bit I never say they attitude and you know getting through a real tough tough encounter low scoring affair you know on penals and uh, amazing to see them where they're at and uh, hats off to Vinnie Corey Big time like and the one thing and you talked it Donegal had their signature win of the season every team has struggled with the navigation of the new system because what was more advantageous winning your province not winning your province getting the extra break you know and you look at it and you're going you thought Mayo would be better for the experience of having time off after the Roscommon defeat. Didn't work like that. But to go back to Monaghan, like, realistically, Vinnie Curry was late coming into the job. Job he probably was a year or two too early for. There was nobody else putting their hand up. He took it. He brought his brother Martin with him, who is absolute genius. I'll be a huge fan of his brother Martin's. Um, and like, there's only 65,000 people in Monaghan, you yeah. know, you compare that to 1.4, 1.5 million people. You know, there's a small number of clubs in Monaghan, and they, again, and they always get this thrown at them. I'm sure they hate it, but they do play way above their weight. You know, like they're incredible. They're squeezing everything they can out of their squad all the time. You know, you look at Darn Hughes. You know, like Darn Hughes has been on top of his game now for the best part of 14, 15 seasons. And that's before you talk about Conor McManus, what yeah. he was able to do coming off the bench. His very first touch of the ball, he won a free. 
Then he got punched on the nose. He stepped up into a really difficult breeze from 42, 43 metres. And he just threw it out to the right and it came in. And maybe outside of Shawnee O'Shea, there probably was nobody else that could hit that score yeah. in Croke Park at the weekend. So, look, I think what Monaghan do is magic. Um, but it's common to play Dublin who are just getting to the peak of their power. It was probably Dublin's strongest starting team and it was definitely the strongest finishing team whenever they could bring on, you know, the Dean Rocks um, and Kieran Kilkenny's, Jack McCaffrey's. There's just a richness of of players that have won all earns. They know what it takes. And then the big advantage is they're playing every game now at home and that's worth two or three points for them all the time. Yeah, yeah, it's it's frightening. Um, um, Conny, Monaghan, you know, being an Austin they're the most, I suppose, club-like County because of that size and that and you're right they, they don't want people uh, uh, th- bringing that up to them but they certainly would you would you say they're the most cl- I know you're, there's a big bond being created by the, by the dairy lads there but success sometimes can cr- can create that as well but there's always you always get this feel with, with Monaghan they're, they're kind of like a club team you do and look and every year as over the last four or five you know as, as far back as that you're wondering you know was it Darn Hughes's last year um, you know like Vinnie Curry played on to the very end you know, Conor McManus, you know, was well within his rights to retire to think, but they don't want to. Mm. They want to keep giving their all for Monaghan. And again, that's testament to probably everything from the county board to the management to the structures of their league. You know, they're a very interesting league system where the points are weighted um before the play, county players play till the county players come back. And that means there's no pressure on county players to be sort of pulled club V county whenever it comes to promotions and relegations and stuff so I think as a county they organise themselves very very well and I think everything feeds into making sure that the county teams can be the best they can be and, and you look at them now they're back in a minor All-Ireland final as well so mm. there's serious momentum and if you look at who the All-Ireland minor final, uh, semi-finalists were Kerry and Derry Meath and Dublin mm. you know and Derry beat Kerry in the minors and uh Sorry, Derry beat me, uh, Dublin in the minors, and Monaghan beat Kerry. So, look, who's to say that couldn't happen again and make it a, a Monaghan, uh, Monaghan Derry final? But look, that that would take some doing because the form of the other two teams in, it's it's very hard to look past them. Yeah, yeah. And just just a word in Armagh. There seems to be a thing running all season about the, the they're not going for games enough. You know, you would think looking at squad on squad, they probably have more ability, maybe to punch holes and physical and and direct ball. And they look like they have a lot of players can cause a lot of problems, but it doesn't seem to happen. And they want to maybe won a game by a point which almost worked with Rian O'Neill's brilliant kick but then as you said the brilliance of McManus to come up and answer that is it a question of never mind the, the, the harshness of penalties but you know Armagh not going for the game themselves yeah look and there's loads of things you could say are they unlucky they absolutely are um, you know like the shoulder to shoulder um, on Connor Turbot you know the referee had deemed it to be a, a head injury so he was right to stop it but it was shoulder to shoulder. It's probably another game that could have been a free in, you know, and that that changed the dynamic of the game as well. So they are unlucky, but I suppose they probably were in a situation very similar to Ulster final. They went to extra time, they had an extra man for the first seven minutes of it, and probably didn't make a count. And you know, for me, that's player led. You know, and, and like Jane McGinney will take a lot of the blame, and the management will take a lot of the blame. But some, when you get into extra time, you know, players have to grab the game by the scruff of the neck, and. Rain O'Neill did 
but probably not enough with them. And if you look that in contrast to Monaghan, you know, they got their free, they level it up, they played their strengths. There's more in this Armagh team. Um, you just look at them and they just look like they're about to click or they're just about to cut loose and then there's something holding them back. And, and I suppose they've had some really difficult defeats. The mental scars of losing after extra time, losing after penalties and the winner on the day probably hasn't suited them. Had they had a second chance against Galway last year, second chance against Derry this year, a second chance against Monaghan, you know, the new system probably didn't suit them great. But, like, they have some fantastic footballers. You know, when you watch, you know, Turbot, like, Mernon, Mernon has been one of my favourite players to watch this year. He has punched over four points right under the crossbar on top of a goalie. You know, and it's something, obviously, they've worked on. But he just does so many things well. And there's just something about our man. It's very hard to put your finger on. If it was easy, they would be there by now. But there is just something missing, something lacking. It's very, very hard to put your finger on it. But, like, they do bring so much to the championship. Their supporters are just bonkers you know yeah, they, yeah. They would have, they're filling out venues on their own and making the noise and you know they're very very good and look they probably deserved a wee bit more but unfortunately at this at the sharp edge of it if you don't take your chances you know like on the 58th minute they had a goal chance and they fluffed it if it goes in they see the game out probably and they manage it well because that would have put them five up they didn't score that it went right down the field point over the next one was an equaliser and then the league just ebbed and flowed right to the end. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, you're right about the supporters. I was calling them the, the Mayo Volster at one stage. Maybe they won't like that uh, comparison, Connolly. Listen, I'd appreciate you taking the time to, to wrap up that weekend's action as ever, lad. And I'll speak to you as the, as the summer rolls on. No bother at all. Thanks, Dave. Top man, Connolly's Gilligan there. Yes, indeed. That was Urcon Leith. Uh, thanks so much for rounding that up. A lad himself and Kieran Whelan. Great stuff there. Thanks to Moore Donald earlier in the show as well. And of course, the man Kevin Fury here for producing Head of Sport, Washington Billy. Uh, stay tuned for the excellent Monday night sessions and the legends that are Jimmy and Paul. I'll speak to you all next week. The DL Debate with Sister Sarah's Letterkenny, serving food you'll love till 9pm daily in Sarah's Kitchen. And there's free admission entertainment every weekend. And the-